And today I retire from pro football. Probably when I retire, when that eventually happens one day, I'll be able to sit back and say, you know what? Pretty proud. What can I say? Mamba out. What's Next Podcast, where every hour is happy hour. Welcome to the What's Next Podcast. Whether you're about to tee off on the golf course, sitting on the beach, or napping on the couch, anywhere but the office, this podcast is for you. If you're still working, turn this podcast off right away. Unless, of course, you're pondering retirement or a sabbatical. Hey, Jason, we've got a, a great show this week again. I've got so much pep in my step today, Ken. There's a lot to talk about. This is going to be a great episode. I'm super excited. Big day. I know. Big day for you because... (laughs) No, don't tell anybody yet. We're going to save it. We'll hold that in our back pocket. But but the show I'm super excited about, everyone always talks about when to retire, do I have enough money, etc., etc. But I think the thing that is at least as important, but very few people talk about until sort of later in the game, is where to retire. Um, it's, it's how do you know where to go? Um, or do you just stay put? So that's the topic for today's show. Very excited about I love this one. This is one I spent a lot of time thinking about over the years and have planted little seeds of where I might end up. So this is going to be a good one for us. You're definitely ahead of the game with me because I'm just <laughs> trying to figure it out now. But, uh, but first, what time is it, Jason? It's happy hour. There we go. Absolutely, because every hour is happy hour. And uh, so we got a drink recommendation from a, uh, from a listener named Matt Lormer. In, he lives in Silverthorne, Colorado. And uh, Silverthorne is actually sort of at the base, somewhere at the base of the Rockies. It's supposed to be real beautiful out there, according to Google. Um, and uh, so he suggested a beer. It's a vanilla porter coming from the Breckenridge Brewery. So, uh, you know, Breckenridge is one of the big people know it as sort of a ski resort area out in, uh, out in that area. In fact, you're not supposed to call it Breckenridge. You call it Breck. That's the, that, that's the insider's that's way. That's the insider. When, you, when you're in the know, that's what you call it. Exactly. So uh, Clearly, yeah. I'm not in the know. And neither was I, but I've been corrected a few times. So, um, so yeah. So, we are opening up Vanilla Porter, aged in rum barrels, for whatever that's worth. Maybe they ran out of other types of barrels. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Uh, from uh, Breckenridge Brewery. So... Mm. I will save my review, but uh, I'm I'm going in for some more right now. All right. So let's jump into it. Um, How to choose where to live. So what we're going to do for benefit of this, for our benefit of our podcast, we're going to eliminate the kids, the grandkids, the family. I know we don't care about them. Right. Forget this is about us. We've worked hard to get to this point. You're right, and it should be about us, but. For benefit of this podcast, everyone has their own personal situation. We can't really take that into account. But, um, so I, I spent a bunch of time Googling to try and figure out, you know, how do you make these types of decisions? And I guess what I learned is we are not the first ones, Jason, to <laughs> start to think about this stuff. There's all kinds of how stuff. How could that possibly be? <laughs> There's all kinds of stuff out there on the internet. Um, a couple of like a global there's a global retirement 
indexed by a company called Living International. And they give you all kinds of algorithms and things to pick and choose where to live. Um, but we're going to, again, for benefit of today, we're going to remove the international component. Stay in the greatest country in the world. That's right. We're Good gonna, old U.S. of A. I'm with you on that. We're, so we're going to stick. We're going we're gonna to talk about the United States. So I found another website I thought was pretty interesting. It is called Retire Fabulously. We are fabulous, Ken. That's right. And we're retired. And we so. deserve to live fabulously. Amen to that, brother. <laughs> so so they, they put out a bunch of factors that we're going to kind of talk through them, and we can then talk about different states and cities within those factors. But I guess the first one that I want to get into, which really wasn't on their factors, is to me, there's a big distinguishing factor between do you want, are you a city person, suburbs, or rural, right? That's a pretty big distinction. Yep, absolutely. Got to come up with that. So that's something, I guess, as we go through these, to kind of keep in the back of your mind. So, um, all right, so let's, let's jump into it. Um, the first one they had on their list was safety. Yeah, I mean, makes sense. I don't even, I mean, for, I understand why it's there. But that wouldn't even have been in like the top five that I would have thought of. I'm not even sure it would have been, I, I would have gone to that one. See, for me, it actually, it, it is a big deal to me because I do, or my wife and I do want to live in an urban setting and have a lot of the uh, things that you get by living in a more urban environment. But I don't want to deal with a lot of crime. Right. So, no, safety, I get it. so safety is one that uh, would be important for me. Uh, okay. Yeah. Let's see. Number two on there is cost of living. That's a big one. Yeah. That's a big one. I mean, you want your retirement dollars to last as long as you can and have the best life you can possible. So the better the cost of living. Like I'm not. Like for example, I love New York City, but I'm not going to retire there. Right? It's way too expensive. I would never want to live there. So the New Yorks, the San Francisco's, yeah, exactly. the, uh, I don't know, what else is a, a expensive city in our country? New York, San Francisco, probably Boston. Boston, Chicago, San Diego. San Diego, yeah. Those are ones that kind of come to mind that I would just say, love to visit, not going to make a retirement home out of that place. I guess, and you think about it, so take a New York, for example, because there's so much there, and, and it probably would be a great place to spend, you know, maybe not a full retirement, but maybe like the 50s and then the 60s you move somewhere else. Uh, there probably are, there possibly are other areas of the city to live. But even if you do that, the cost of everything is everything. High. So it's not just your housing cost. No, it's food cost, it's transportation cost, it's taxes, it's, it's everything. Yeah. So, okay, so we're going to. That's definitely a key factor. That's a big one. So we're gonna we're one. gonna keep that one in our big pocket and say that's a that's a big one too. So then the next one on their list was climate. Oh, huge for me. That's a big one. Like because of what? So huge for you because for two you, reasons. I'm I'm generally a, I mean I grew up in Miami, right? I went to school in Austin. I live in Atlanta. I like mild to warm weather. So. I don't want to be cold. I don't want to have to layer up. I don't want any of that kind of stuff. That's one. And two, I like being outdoors. I like being active. I like playing golf. I like playing tennis. I like going for walks. I'm probably not going to do that in Alaska in the winter. 
right? <laughs> so that, like, the climate is really, really important. It doesn't have to be San Diego, like, 70 degrees every day. I'm willing to, you know, accept warmer weather and a little bit, and I don't mind seasons, but I'm not going to live somewhere where it's cold 10 months of the year. I think a lot of people like the seasons. They like the changing of the seasons. But I'm with you. You know, I grew up in it. I grew up in New York. You know, the, the snow, the slush, the ice. Dealing with that, I, I just, I don't know why anyone would want to do it. I just, uh... I didn't want to do it in my younger years. I definitely don't want to do it in my retirement years. That's the last time, way I want to spend my time. And look, if you like skiing or if you like certain things... Right. That's a trip you go visit. So, yeah, I think we're in, I think we're in agreement there. Yeah, I have, a fr- I have a buddy who loves skiing. He's retiring to Park City, right? I like that's just not skiing for me. The rest of the year, like the summer, is probably pretty nice there. I could yeah. get it, but I'd go visit there for the summer. I, if I was going to try skiing or something, I'd go for a week. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to live there. I'm with you. So, cl- climate absolutely would be a key thing, key factor. Um, next one on the list, quality of health care. So in our age group, in the 50s, does it, does it matter? Will that influence your decision? Zero. Zero. Absolutely zero. Like, I just, I guess I give benefit of the doubt in general to doctors and hospitals and like they're doing, they've all been really well trained. They're generally good. If I'm not like out in the middle of nowhere seen a doctor who, you know, barely practiced medicine or went to some whatever, I'm generally confident I'm going to get at least acceptable care. And if I need, if it gets something really serious, I'd go somewhere better for that. Well, I think that's, you know, that's probably both of our perspectives, but devil's advocate is, yeah. look, we live in Atlanta, so we have Emory Healthcare here, which is one of the better healthcare systems in the country, as well as a bunch of others um, that compete with it that are actually quite good also. So we may take for granted um, you know, how good the healthcare is in our area. But if you do choose to live in the small town, rural areas, you know, you may want to be careful in the way that you pick and choose based on quality of healthcare. I just don't think that at our age group, it becomes that big of a thing. Because, you know, the way I look at it is during my 50s, like maybe this 10 years, I may live in one place and then I may end up moving someplace else for the... Uh, well, if you're following your exercise program that Stephen right. gave you, if you're eating right the way Rachel told us, we should be good for at least the 50s, right? I don't know. If not, we can go, <laughs> we can go sue them, right? <laughs> That's definitely the plan. So, uh, But I guess... Point is that based on your age and your could have a healthcare situation, yeah, yeah, could absolutely factor in differently. So, um, so the next thing on their list they called everyday life things. So, what they listed as examples of that are, for example, if you love to shop at Costco, which I admit I do. The uh, <laughs> the the dollar fifty. You're gonna go to the Costco website and look for locations and that's going to help you pick where you want to live look let's face it they're probably everywhere you want to be for the most part anyway unless you are interested in the rural settings Um, but their point is 
that you're going to pick locations based on the things that you're used to having. If you love, I don't know, Mexican food, you want to, may want to be in an area that has a lot of that influence there. For example, maybe like a Phoenix or something like that. Right, that, that makes sense. That, that type of influence is there. So I thought that was a pretty interesting one that I probably wouldn't have considered. But, you know, if I am going to go visit, and we actually are going to go uh, visit a place uh, the beginning of the year and maybe live there for a month to see what it's like. But I'll take better notice at the types of things and stores and resources they have there. I normally just wouldn't have considered it. I probably would just take it for granted that they have what I want. So a couple thoughts on one, on this one. One is, can anytime you want the buck fifty Costco hot dog deal, I'll just make you a hot dog. I don't want you to have to suffer. Yeah, I buy them in bulk. I buy the Costco hot dog. You dogs. buy the hot Costco hot dog? Yeah, Do absolutely. I'll cook them myself. Really? Absolutely. So that's one. I don't want you to ever worry that you're not going to get Costco hot dog. We'll Do I get all the soda I can get? Yeah, you can get all well, the soda. Well, you make me a churro for 75 cents. Also. No, I don't do churros. The churros are I've never had the churro there. Never had the churro there. Okay, that's the next time, which is probably next week. But I do factor other things like you mentioned Mexican food. Food scene is important to me, right? So if that fits into that category, that would definitely be something that's important to me. Like, you know, we talked about New York. I don't want to live in New York, but I love the food scene in New York. But like Austin for me is, I know I'm sure we'll talk about some, like I would love to live in Austin. Part of it's UT and everything going on in the city, but part of it is I love the food scene. Like I love, I could eat a different barbecue place every day for a year practically. And that would be awesome. I would love to do that. So. That's interesting though that you mentioned Austin because um, a different list that I was looking at listed out, I think it was the top 26, why they picked 26, I don't know but the top 26 cities to retire to in this country. And I'd say 75% of them were college towns, were you know, cities like Austin and other, uh, like Madison, Wisconsin was one of them. And they were, you know, they were small cities, big towns, whatever you want to call them, but they were integrated into larger universities. And I think for, um, you know, it's, a, it's an interesting thing and the resources that the universities bring and the types of people and the types of stuff that they have are attractive, right? I think there's a couple of factors. One to college towns. One is generally cost of living is a little lower. They are catering. Hmm. There's a part of the city that is catering to university students who in theory, you know, are tight on money, whatever, you know, maybe our kids aren't living, you know, the meal to meal at college, but a lot are. And so they have to cater to that college student. So that's one. Two, I think a lot of big universities have, to your point earlier, uh, research medical facilities, good healthcare associated with them. You mentioned Emory, UT has that. Lots of universities have that. And then three, there are a lot of people like us, I think, who find universities interesting because because of the people who work there and the and the community they bring? Some people want to go back and audit a class or 
mentor, you know, give back and mentor and college students. So I've talked about some of the things I'm doing with UT. I think all of that kind of factors into why a college town would, would kind of be attractive from a retirement perspective. You know, it's interesting that you say that because now I look at a university in the area and would think that would be really cool to right. go audit a class. And, Love you know, to do that. First of all, you don't have to take the test. Right. <laughs> Doesn't but, matter. No, pre- no, no dreams at night about right. showing up without having taken the whole class all the semester. But before were things, you know, you just, not everybody, but I guess me, you know, I just took the classes because I was supposed to. Uh, but now there's a lot of things that would be of interest and for these universities if they let you audit classes that would actually be a really cool thing to do and an interesting way to spend part of your retirement and maybe even help teach you know in certain situations where if you have an expertise in a certain area I also think the other thing and I think this is would be attractive to you and I because I know you and I think you'd be attractive to a lot of our listeners but I think being around universities, there's an energy, there's yeah, a vibe, absolutely. right? And that's fun to be around. And I think that permeates through the whole city. Well, not to get into Texas football, but <laughs> game day, you know, at, at, at any university, but just we've been around it in Texas quite a right. bit lately. And game day has just a vibe on top of a vibe at really any school, even the smaller schools. Right. It just brings a certain excitement level uh, just to the city, that's, you know, it's, it's just awesome to be around. But I agree, the college towns, like you said, they have a certain vibe to them that just, uh, it's just really cool and fun to be around. And I think as we age, maybe it makes us feel younger. younger. In a way. Oh, 100%. Yeah. If so. you, you relate back to your youth, right? Yeah. So the next one on the list is, is we sort of stole from it a little bit but what they called amenities, and part of that is uh, maybe from a university in the area, but uh, for example, like with art, your wife's an artist, and if she wanted to be sort of around, there was a lot of you know, art galleries or that type of community, um, just looking for areas that have those types of amenities that you're looking for. So one, one thing they actually mentioned was golf courses. Well, I, that would be on my list, right? Have good golf. I'll play ten like I like playing tennis. Like if some of this factors into the weather or climate to me too, but having the amenities of golf and tennis, I like going to the beach. I like being able to, you know, be outside, do active things, right? All of those things kind of fit into it. So that's definitely important to me and something that I think about and goes hand in hand with climate for me personally. Yeah. Um all right, so the next one is sort of an interesting one, one I never would have thought about, but since they put it down. I think it makes a lot of sense, and it's proximity to the airport. A hundred percent. That you would have thought of that. Oh, absolutely. Really? Like, there's for me, it's about just ease of travel. Like, hopefully, we talk. We've talked about travel. Hopefully, we're going to be able to travel a lot. You know, you don't want to be in, you know, some remote place where there are no flights, right? So, I think either having a, you know, major airport or an easy to access airport is important. Yeah, again, we've been spoiled living in Atlanta because oh, the Atlanta airport is insane. Yeah, we never change planes going. You can anywhere. fly almost anywhere direct in the right. world that you want to get to. But th- I mean, that's a huge perk and something definitely worth considering. Now, the flip side is um, the really small airports, while you're going to have to change planes, 
it's easy in and out. Yeah, the process is like you just pull right up, get out, walk in, no lines, right. and you're right there. So there's pro, there's there's good and bad of both of those, but yes, a hundred percent. The other thing that's related to that, it's not exactly airport, but when I think about it, I think about where else can I get to in a short drive, right? So. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the again, one of the nice things about Atlanta, you can get to a lot of places in a five hour or less drive. That's pretty cool, right? It's nice to be able to go to Hilton Head or Charleston or Nashville or Birmingham. I mean, if you want to go to Birmingham or the beach in Florida, like there are a lot of places, the mountains, the Smoky Mountains, right? There are a lot of places you can take a short drive from in Atlanta. To me, that's attractive to be able to get to a lot of places as part of that whole travel thing. So, so I agree, and I think the key thing is when you say short drive, everyone's definition is short. To me, that's five hours or less. See, I was going to say six. Okay. My number is six hours. Okay. For some reason, it takes me longer to get everywhere. Everyone always says that's a five-hour drive. It always takes me the extra hour. I don't know why. We just got back from the beach last week, and usually it's a six-hour drive. It took us seven. What? So, yeah. I know exactly where you went. That is a five-hour drive, Ken. Well, door to door, no stops, five hours. Um, we we <laughs> we we have a uh, we have a Tesla, so we had to recharge. That was uh, oh, okay. So that's a half an hour in there, but and then they take you through a different route sometimes because you have to hit the supercharger station. But regardless, it's an extra hour for me, and I don't know why. I don't go any slower than anybody else. I go normal speeds. I, I don't know what it is. I think everyone's full of shit. I think it takes you guys an hour more than you say it does, but that's for another day. That's but I guess my point is that everyone has their number. Right. And my number is six hours. Anything after that, oh, too much. Yeah, yeah, it's too much. Five is my max. But some people, you know, they Cross go 10 country, hours, they, they love go it. 12 hours, they go, yeah. And so, yes, like you said, some people love it. They get RVs, they drive all over the place. So, I don't really love driving. That's part of it. Well, me too. I, I, it's I, not comfortable. I want to be there. Right, exactly. The what, it, that's exactly. Once I'm in the car going somewhere, it is a game for me to figure out how do I get there as absolutely fast as possible without getting a speeding ticket. Those are the only things I care about. Well, maybe what you do is we leave at the same time and whatever way I go, you go the other way. <laughs> yeah. It always seems to take me an hour longer wherever I'm, at, wherever I'm at. All right, let's see. We said proximity to the airport. So the next one is is a big one. It's probably the one everyone focuses on the most is taxes. Taxes. That's a big one. So, so Jason, what are the places, what are the, ta- what are the states to avoid and what are the states that you want to be in from a tax perspective? Well, the states with no income tax. So let's start at the absolute best. And there's only a few of them. Alaska. I'm just going to give you the list. For Alaska. A yeah. I, yeah. Alaska. They actually pay you to, to live, live there. there. Really? Yes. The last I saw, I think was like, I don't know what the latest numbers, but like 2019, everybody who lives there got $2,000 back from the state just because of the inconvenience of living there. No, because... Their surplus of oil, money, and things like that. Well, I just want to say this before you go any further. I've never been to Alaska. I hear it's beautiful, 
but when a state has to pay you to live oh, there, yeah. you may want to question <laughs> before you pack up your gear. This is if you did. Remember that episode we did about do you have enough? If yeah. you don't, if you're really on the borderline, then you no, might Alaska. consider Alaska. That's exactly right. <laughs> Next is Tennessee. Okay. Do we want to talk about Tennessee or should we keep going? So we, just talk, we can talk about Tennessee because Tennessee is a place where a lot of people are sneakily moving to. So the upper crust of our society, you don't hear about it much, but if you take a look at where the rich and famous are moving to... Nashville. They're going to Nashville or the areas around Nashville. And again, you don't hear about it much. It's like they don't want you to know, but a lot of, uh, a lot of folks are now in Tennessee that you would have, you know, you think they're they're from Hollywood or you know New York, country or, music capital of the world, right? Yeah, you're gonna see, in my opinion, in the next three to five years, everyone's gonna want to move to Nashville, and it's gonna become super super expensive. Well, it's it checks a lot of the boxes we've talked about. So here we we just said no state income tax, ding, that's a good one. Uh, college town Vanderbilt yeah. is there, so it's got a lot of that going. Great. You talk about amenities, you've got live music, you've got sports, you've got pretty temperate weather, right? It, it, right? Relatively good cost of living relative to the coasts. So it checks a lot of those boxes. Good food scene, good music. Like there's a lot going on in Nashville. Yeah. So I can see why that would be the case. Memphis, I love, I spent a lot of time in Memphis like 20 years ago and loved it. Really? Like I could see Memphis being a great town. Another good food, food town. Uh, and then you got Blackberry Farms in the state of Tennessee, which, you know, I'd love somebody I know to buy a house there so I could go hang out a lot there. I, I can't afford to <laughs> live there. Won't be me. I can't afford to live there, but I would love for someone I know to buy a place there. That would be awesome. Maybe it would be Wayne Gretzky's daughter. Exactly. She had her big wedding there. But, uh, All right. So Tennessee. Okay. Wyoming. A little remote for me. Hear good things. Jackson Hole is yeah. supposed to be awesome. Never been there. Don't know. Put it on the list. We'll check it out. Have to explore New Hampshire. Interesting, New Hampshire that's stuck up probably around a lot of states that have super high right. tag. Yeah, so interesting. A little cold for me, I think, yeah. most of the year. Not, yeah, and not I'm on not, my list. But. Yeah, wouldn't be on my list. Florida. Florida. Florida's the one everyone talks right? Checks a lot of boxes. Obviously, right. kind of the retirement capital world. Everyone from the Northeast moves down there. No state income tax. The weather's amazing. Great health care. A lot of goodness there for a New Yorker or similar cost of livings ridiculously low in Florida relative. So it's all it all goes into that. Next one on the list, no state taxes, no state income taxes, South Dakota. <laughs> Never been. Don't know. I've been there. Uh, it's, it wouldn't be on my list. That is one cold ass place, man. Pretty That's, remote. Yeah. So probably not gonna fit my interests, but and just so you know, the, the list that I looked, the, one of the lists I looked at, that was on the list, was Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Yeah. Yep. Next one, Nevada. Vegas, baby, totally. Uh, but this, this, but they're this not is talking about one. Vegas. I think when they they're say They're not Nevada, really talking about Vegas. It's no state income tax. That's oh, the, gotcha. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of people do retire there, but they don't like... Reno. They go to Reno right. or Carson City or something like that. Right. But yeah. I do love Vegas. I could spend a lot and a lot of time in Vegas. It's well, fun. To me, Vegas is obviously a lot of fun. It's great. 
but it's great because you go there for short periods and you come home. I don't know if I could live there, but it's changing the food scene. You got professional sports teams there now. That's There's true. a lot going on. I mean, it's the entertainment. Well, you can't beat it, right? So, yeah. so I think that's that's a great one. Washington, no state income tax. State of Washington. Seattle's a cool city. I can see that. I, I mean, I haven't spent a lot of time there. I visited a couple times. Not really for leisure, but now that I've got a son going to University of Oregon, I'd definitely like to go up and explore Washington well, a little bit chances, and check that out. I've yeah, never exactly. been there. So. And then last but certainly not least, the great state of Texas is, of course, no state income tax. So we've talked a little about, about Austin. There you go. Texas, no state income tax. Got to love it. All right. So those are the, you know, those are the ones most attractive. You know, which of the states that uh, have the highest or some of the highest income tax. I mean, the one that immediately comes it's from... The, on the coast. Yeah, so it's California and New York. York. Yeah. Those are the two that... The uh, biggies. The biggies, yeah. yeah. It's, so. It seems like, you know, from what I hear, is that, you know, certainly in California... So, like, take the Nashville phenomenon we talked about. A lot of the folks moving there are from California. Right. So they're, they're leaving there, they're going to California, they're going to Phoenix, they're going to all these other places... And uh, I, I just think a lot of it is because the taxes are so high. So, um, yeah, well, I think that's just a big barrier yeah. for people in our, although in theory, you don't have a lot of income, but you still have, but you don't want to be taxed on any of it right. if you're there. So just to run you through the 10 highest states by tax rate, and this surprised me a little bit, California, number one, not surprising, Hawaii, number two. Huh. Okay. New Jersey three. Why well, is kind of a bummer? Because that'd be an inch. I never considered it's that. So remote. It's yeah, that's so true. Remote. It's hard to get it's anywhere. So expensive. Yeah. So remote. Oregon four. Interesting fact about Oregon: they have high state income tax, but no sales tax. Hmm. So that probably just comes. It balances out. Yeah. Minnesota five. New York six. Vermont seven. Iowa eight. Arizona. Number nine really? on the list, and then Wisconsin, number 10. Interesting. All right. So that's the tax story. The other ones, let's see, future directions. So the point that they were trying to make is, you know, is this state or, or the city, if you're looking at a city, is it sort of on the incline, you know, getting better investment and, and more things being built there, et cetera, or, or vice versa, it is on the decline. So that's... You know, again, I think it's kind of interesting. Yeah, it's like, not one I would have thought of looking at, but uh, if you're planning on being there for a while, you definitely want to invest where things are kind of heading in the right direction. Yeah, I mean, you want more restaurants, you want more things to do, you want a sports teams to be coming there, right? Let's go back to Austin as an example again. They finally got a, you know, they've obviously got all University of Texas sports, but now they got a professional soccer team. Yep. There's probably going to be other professional sports teams at some point, right? That's kind of fun and interesting. So, yeah, I can definitely see that that would be important. So let's see, we got uh, opportunities for socialization. So their point with that, or do they have easy opportunities for folks in whatever age group you're in to get involved in things? that you want to get involved in. So for example, you mentioned tennis before. If you're a big tennis buff, is it a good tennis town? Do they have a lot of um, USTA or other types of tennis organizations for you to play in? Is it easy to do those types of things 
that you happen to be interested in. And that, that makes sense. I think I would have just a slight twist on that one, okay. which would be, and I, and I think that makes sense. The other would be for me, do I just know people there, right? Do I have some connections there that helps you kind of assimilate into there and build a social network and social life? So again, I'm going to keep coming back to Austin. Austin, I know a ton of people in Austin, right? So that makes that's part of what makes it attractive for me is all these other things. Plus, I know I got 20 or 30 friends I could go hang out with, do stuff with, play golf, play tennis, all that kind of stuff. Go out to dinner with, go to games with, all that kind of stuff. Makes it fun for me. Easy. So the twist on that is if you don't right. have that built in, but you are interested in moving to a place... You know, the thing that I think you would have to do, because you have to build that. Right. right? you got to build community for right. yourself wherever you happen to go. And it's not an easy thing to do, especially if you're not working. Right. So you, you miss out on that and you don't have kids and right. activities and you miss out on all that. But, you know, to, to, so you're going to use your local network where you are to say I'm moving to right. Austin do you know anyone who lives right. there? Can and, you connect me, introduce me? Right. To, yeah, to kind of proactively go about it because a lot of folks don't have the benefit that you have right. where you want to go to to already have a sort of a built-in network to kind of get started. Yeah. But it's something I think that's doable and yep. it's important to do. Absolutely. So, uh, let's see. They talk about, uh, there's two more, type of people, diversity of ages, etc. So, um, and I, and I think that one, um, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna lump number 12 in with it. They, number 12 is political climate. So their point with that is depending upon kind of who you are and what you like, um, do you have the types of things that you like? So for example, I'm from New York, it was sort of a melting pot. They had a lot of different ethnic, ethnicities and different types of people around. And I like that, I enjoy that yeah. environment. So. I want to move to uh, a city that has that and that I'm around it because I enjoy it. Um, other people may, you know, maybe say, you know, look, I, you know, I'm in the Asian community and I want to make sure there's an Asian church in the area. Right. And there's certain specifics that I'm looking for because that's the community that I, I like and that I, I want to be involved in. Maybe it's an age-related thing. To me, that's where it would be for me is more age-related. We talk about college towns. Like, I like that energy. I like that vibe. There's a lot going on. Like, I wouldn't want to go live in a town that was 80%, 65 and older. Like, I would just think that would be super boring. Right. So, but I mean, that, so that's a good point. So, it sort of depends what you're looking for and kind of who you are, where you are, what's your age group and kind of what's your, yeah, kind of who you are. I'm always going to pretend I'm younger than I actually am. That's uh, <laughs> that probably is a that's probably a healthy thing to do, I would think. So one other thing, so that's that's the twelve from retirefabulously.com. Fabulous, fabulous. So that's the twelve, and then the other thing that I've read in several places, which I think is a good idea, is not only visiting these places, but actually trying to live in in these places. So. We're actually considering getting a VRBO or one of these rental type places for a month or so in one of the cities that we're considering moving to. I think that's an awesome idea. Because otherwise, even if you pick the right city, but maybe you're not in the right, right area, area or something like that, um, 
So that's something that, uh, that I think is a, a really good idea. I think they had it in an article on their website, and I've read it in other places before. But I do think that that's um, a smart thing to do before you commit, put your money down. Buy uh, oh, place. I 100% agree. It gives you a chance to really get a feel for the city and, or town or wherever it might be and the local feel and things to do and people you'd meet and things like that. The other thing for me, and I think you hit on it, is area. Mm-hmm. Again, Again, I'm gonna. I mentioned it before, but I don't love driving a lot. Like, I don't want to go somewhere and then I have to drive 30 minutes to go have dinner. Like, I, I like getting driving to a place, parking, and then I don't. I can walk to bars and restaurants and stuff to do. Like, that's really important to me. So I want to be in an area or a really short drive. That's important to me. So figuring out that right area, even within the state, the city, the town, that's really important to me. So that's really interesting because that wasn't on this list and it's not something that I had thought about, but that's important to me too. Like where I live now, you know, you can't walk out of a neighborhood here. Everything's miles to get anywhere. And, And I don't like that. I prefer sort of that New York feel where you walk you know, you can walk to the stumble home. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so that you know, that to me is a great thing to to add to whatever list you're putting together. To some people, they may not care. Some people like the long drives; right. they enjoy the drives. Uh, but for me, the accessibility e- make it easy to get around, not have to deal with traffic and all that exactly. stuff. Exactly, it, it makes a difference to me too. So, um, so these are interesting twelve or so factors that I think if you map them out on a spreadsheet or something like that will help you choose or at least narrow down the places that you'd want to retire to before you go commit and buy something. All right, so you take all that list together. Ken, what are the top one or two for you that that you would think about? So the first thing we said when we started this is we were going to eliminate the family thing. And um, so when we say we're going to eliminate it, we're going to eliminate because everyone has a different factors. But in my case, uh, my parents live out in Phoenix. Well, they live in Scottsdale. And uh, we do like it out there. And it checks a lot of the boxes that you had mentioned. So that is one of the places that we're strongly considering. So for me, um, there, um, Austin is one that we, you know, we... We've always loved it. Oh, God. <laughs> we always loved it. But last time we were out there, we did this um, on Lake Austin. We took this boat tour and saw some of these incredible houses on the lake and everything. I want you to get one of those houses on the lake. Uh, and yeah. You deserve one of those houses on the lake. I got to work for I another 10 years. I will visit you at your house on the lake there. That's where, uh, what's his name? From Tesla. Matthew McConaughey. Oh, uh, yes. So Elon this, Musk. Yeah, yeah, Musk is building a crazy house. But McConaughey's house, we saw he's renting, but a house way up in the, it looks down on. But I don't know, it just, again, it had a cool vibe to it. So we, we do love Austin and we would consider there. And the other place is Denver, although the weather is, is not exactly what we're looking for. But I do like the vibe of uh, Cherry Creek. And the weather is great for part of the year. So the summer times are amazing there. Uh, so that's another area. We also have family there that I would consider, um, but probably better just to visit as opposed to live there. So Phoenix is, is definitely the front runner. 
And I know your answer. I think probably the listeners know your answer, but is there anyone besides Austin Jason in this race or is there one horse race? It's it's the number one where I'd like to have my primary, but you know, we Laura and I love the beach. We love everything about it. We love the atmosphere. We love the culture of that. So I think there are parts of Florida, particularly the Gulf Coast of Florida, that we really, 30A, that we've come to love. I think that's probably the other area. And that's accessible to here in Atlanta, too. So that's probably, it's probably Austin or the 30A Gulf Coast area. Or a combination area. Well, exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, you know, hopefully the people listening got their wheels spinning about if if you haven't chosen where you're going to live yet, get your wheels spinning so you can start to think think through the process. And if you have already come up with a place, what we're going to do, we're going to spend a lot of time in our next season going to visit people that have retirement plans and moved to interesting places and are doing interesting things. So maybe you can put some feedback in. Let us know where you where you moved to and why you chose it. Perfect. So, that sounds great. But uh, so next up, we're gonna we're gonna do our toast, and I know Jason's been very excited to uh, to talk about this. So I'll go ahead and let you do it. Well, our toast today: we are not doing a retirement. We have to break into this regu- regularly scheduled programming <laughs> because there is such important news today from the world of college football. Arch Manning the latest in the first family of college football, of quarterbacks in college football, committed to my alma mater, the University of Texas today. And I think this is the biggest positive news to the Texas football program since 2009, when we went undefeated, ended up losing the national championship game. With I think it's the biggest news, with maybe one exception of when we beat Georgia in the Sugar Bowl a few years ago, and Sam Ellinger declared that we're back, but we really weren't. <laughs> so this guy, I think Arch Manning is the Pied Piper uh, of recruiting, and he's going to help bring unbelievable talent to the university and attention, and I am so excited. So this, my toast today, he's going to be retiring from high school football in a year. He's got one more year, but it is not retiring. It's the rebirth of Texas football, and a big cheers to Arch Manning, his dad, Cooper Manning, the whole Manning family, Eli, Peyton, Archie. We're so glad to have you in the Hook'em Horns family. And uh, we hope this is the start of something unbelievably magical, the next big ride in Texas football. So cheers to Arch. Cheers to Arch. And we will get back to the not retiring from high school, the regular retirements in the next podcast. So the next podcast uh, we are going to bring and we're going to have our, it'll be the last one of the season. We're going to bring in our wives to get their perspective on what it's like to be living with someone who is retired. But before wonderfully retired people, like fabulously retired people like us. Exactly. Uh, but the, the thing we haven't done yet, we haven't reviewed the vanilla Porter. So Jason, what'd you think about Breck Brewery? Not Breckmerich. Breck Brewery's Vanilla Porter. You like it? I like it. Um, it's I'm not a big porter as we beer drinker. We've talked in the past. I tend to be closer to you know lighter beers, but I do like the vanilla hint that you get out of this. I think that makes it really tasty. It's definitely a bigger beer. It's something whereas we've talked with other beers, I might have 
like after playing golf or tennis, this is one I think I would have with a dinner, with a meal, and it'd be really good, kind of paired up with some good hearty food, like some burgers or something like that. So it's definitely like a very dark beer, like malty, very strong, like you said, uh, you know, filling, which, you know, again, it's, it's not the light summer beer, but uh, it's got pretty, you know, strong flavor. I do like the uh, little hint of vanilla in there. And uh, it's good stuff. Absolutely. So, Matt Lormer, thank you for recommending Thank it. you, buddy. We appreciate it. Hope to have him with you uh, one of these days. Maybe we'll visit you in Colorado next season. All right. Well, that wraps up this episode, folks. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Just a reminder, don't forget to like, share, subscribe to the podcast. Most importantly, tell your friends about it. If every single one of our listeners could tell one person... We would greatly appreciate it. This thing will go crazy in a hurry. But also give us some feedback on topics you want us to cover for next season. And tell us about the drinks. Love the vanilla porter idea. If there are other drinks you want us to, to try out or we should be sampling. And then tell, don't forget, tell us where you retired. Where are you thinking about? Where have you retired? We want to talk about some of these locations as we go forward. So thank you for listening. I'm Jason Kurtz. Ken Brandeis. Have a great week.